was only 17 I met a girl from Bowling Green It was the fieriest kind of winter fling She got pregnant with my son I didn't have nowhere to run So I manned up and we married in the spring Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Man, great to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. Thanks for making time for us this week. I do appreciate each and every one of you. And we've got uh, a great show lined up for you. I'll tell you all about it momentarily, but you know I always say, and, and I've said it in recent episodes, that this is kind of a downtime for hunting anyway for a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of the Western guys are, are focusing on, on shed hunting still, um, maybe mushroom hunting, right? Morals, something that we don't get in Texas. I've never seen a moral mushroom in the Lone Star State, not one. I have talked to people who said they found them in Texas. I don't know. Um, but I, I wouldn't even know what to look for here. By and large, it's just too hot for those mushrooms. But my goodness, they better be the best damn thing that I've ever put in my mouth uh, if I ever do eat one because the amount of time people spend looking for these things, wow. that it, It's mind-blowing. But then again, uh, I find shed hunting in the mountains for days on end uh, is a, you know, a mind-blowing <laughs> endeavor as well. I'm not interested unless they're attached to the damn thing's head and uh, it's breathing and walking. But that's me, and more power to you if that's your cup of tea. But you know what we do have in Texas, which is what I did this past weekend? Feral hogs and thermal rifle scopes and suppressors. And man, oh man, too much fun. But the only way to do it, to, to hunt them this time of year, though, is under the cover of darkness because it's so dang hot. So on Saturday, we had a father-son that won a hunt with me that Three Crow Outfitters gave away. Their first time thermal hog hunting, and that's always a hoot when someone looks through a thermal scope at a feral hog 50 yards away from them for the first time. And we, we killed four pigs, uh, two lone boars. So kind of feel sorry for those suckers. Three guys unloading ARs on lone boars at 50 yards. <laughs> they don't go far. <laughs> that's for sure uh and then we got into a nice group uh, winter wheat's being cut around ellis county probably in lots of parts of the south right now and uh, that makes for some great hunting so anyway good times to be had and what uh, love them or hate them i feel blessed that we have the opportunity to go hunt things like hogs or exotics uh pretty much year-round in texas so anyway what's on the docket for today uh, you know what to do, because I'm going to tell you about it now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos, because we're ready to rock and roll. And we're going to do just that with singer-songwriter, our good friend Alex Bellin, a.k.a. Bubba Bellin. Um, he was here oh, probably about two years ago and played us a lot of great tunes. The dude loves to hunt and fish, diehard duck hunter. And I'm going to ask him if he still thinks, and he said this on the air, that he believes ringnecks are the best-tasting duck out there. 
So we'll see if he's walked that back or still willing to die on that hill. Because <laughs> I do not agree. Uh, that is for sure. But, um, yeah, Alex is going to be here. He's got some new songs to play for us. We'll talk hunting. We'll talk music. Uh, probably some fishing as well. And just kind of revisit an old friendship and uh, see what he's been up to. A great singer-songwriter. Uh, so looking forward to having him back on the show today. And that'll take up the duration. So new music, uh, hunting, spe- specifically duck hunting talk. Ooh, recipes. He's a Actually, I think he used to work as a, like a sous chef in a restaurant. So he's real big into wild game cooking. Uh, so I might get into some recipes with Alex as well. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. Uh, looking forward to uh, having him join us here in studio momentarily. Well, let's do a quick giveaway uh, since we're going to be talking ducks today. How about a box of Kent Cartridge? I've got this is Fast Steel 2.0, and I've got um, I think these are three. Let me see, uh, number threes, uh, three inch number threes. So ammo is hard to find right now if you're interested. And I'll also throw in a Kent cap and T-shirt that I picked up at the. Uh, DU Expo. I was out at the Kent booth all weekend out there at Texas Motor Speedway this past weekend. Uh, awesome event for the hunting and waterfowl community. Uh, but picked up a hat and a t-shirt and we'll throw those into the prize pack as well. Just email the word Kent, that's Kent, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com and you are entered into today's giveaway. Coming up next, Alex, a.k.a. Bubba Bellin and his guitar join us in studio right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. He said you got to try that before like it's a stallion. And you got your heart just like a gun. Yeah, that old man something nostalgic about the old-timey general store and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwaith, texas at the mills county general store they're licensed ffl with rifle pistols and shotguns ammo gun accessories hunting accessories deer corn and attractants sporting goods they've got a wide array of knives to choose from plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season fishing supplies they've got foods like anchor tea grass-fed beef dublin sodas gourmet sauces and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. First you buy an old second-hand amp with the knob that sticks You plug a cheap fender in, then you crank it to ten And you learn a few haggard licks Then you play every day for about nine or ten years Writing songs for your girl and blowing all your money on gear little Zane Williams bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you as always, and we're all set to visit uh, with our good friend Alex 
Bellin, who is in studio. He's got his guitar with him. Uh, but before we hear some new music and talk some hunting, uh, this segment brought to you by Vortex Optics and the new Fury HD 5000 AB laser range finding binocular. Here's why I'm excited about this. It's like your bino has your dope chart already put into it. It's not like it is. You download the app and put in your specific caliber and bullet combination. Then you range your target. And the applied ballistics technology tells you exactly what to dial. It's that easy. It's the Fury HD 5000 AB, and you can find it at vortexoptics.com. With that being said, let's bring on our guest today, our only guest today. We're going to spend the entire duration with our old pal Alex, a.k.a. Bubba Bellin. It's great to see you. Hey, good to see you, man. So, well, I, I call you Alex because that, that's what I know you as, but uh, apparently everyone else is calling you Bubba these days. Yeah, you can call me whatever you want. I don't mind. I'm not going to tell people what to call me, but uh, yeah, I went by Alex Bellin. That's my legal name, my mating name, if you right. will. <laughs> but uh, my whole life, everyone's called me Bubba since I was a little baby. Um, and all my, my dad, my friends, and for whatever reason, when I started playing music, I was like, I'll go by my real name. And then I just had some new uh, songs I, I released in the, in the spring, and I was like, man... Just kind of feels disingenuous when I introduce myself as Alex. Like it's my it's my legal name, but yeah. everybody knows me as Bubba. And I was like, man, Bubba Bellin just feels more like me. So it's like if you're gonna switch, do it now. So yeah. right on. You can right call on. me whatever you want, but if you want trying to find me on the internet, uh, Bubba. Bubba. Okay. So we talked about last time you were here. It's probably been a couple of years, but uh, I know you're a big duck hunter, mm-hmm. and we tried to put we tried to go a couple times. It just hasn't worked out. Um, were you like most North Texas duck hunters and you know, celebrating the worst season of all time. It wasn't the best season of all time. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was for me, I think I've been at this 15 years and it was, it wasn't the best. It, dude, the last day of the season, we shot three ducks and about through a party between three guys. We were like, we all got one. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great. Uh, so bad. I think there was a point where, I mean, I went, I went a decent amount this year, not as much as I had in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of random. I had COVID in October, and I had, like, the long-term fatigue, mm-hmm. you know? And so I kind of – I mean, I still I still hunted this year, but I kind of, like, if I went hunting – because I don't really go to sleep early very well, you mm-hmm. know, like playing all weekend super late. The hunting kind of throws that when you're up till 3 in the morning. I mean, like opening day this year, which is kind of my tradition, I'll play a gig Friday night and then yeah. just go straight, no sleep, to hunt the next morning. And so, but if I were to hunt, like, you know, I just can't really fall asleep before midnight or one most nights. And if you're going to hunt public land, which I do a lot, I'm waking up at three, uh-huh. maybe three thirty to go, uh, hunt. And so it's like, if I went hunting, it kind of threw off like two days. I was just felt like crap. Oh yeah. And so I was like, I'll do it if the ducks are here, but if the ducks aren't here, I just don't feel like ruining my whole week. You know? Yeah. I still I mean, sunrises are cool, but you know, they're cool. I, I, did, I did. You did learn to appreciate the ducks you killed, though. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like I said, three between three guys, and we were doing backflips. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, by awesome, it was terrible. I think I jumped wood ducks. I think I think my that's mostly what I killed this year was jumping wood ducks, which mm-hmm. was fun. But I kind of like switched gears. I was like, man, they're just not. Yeah. They're not. Well, we know they're still alive because they showed up in droves in February when we had snowmageddon. Yeah. There were ducks everywhere. There were ducks everywhere, <laughs> man. Um, we've got, uh, a lot to get into today. What, well, let me ask you this. What in a season full of lows, there were, there were a few highs for me. You know, I spent a lot of time with my son. Um, I took my girls on their first duck hunt. 
Yeah, and, I saw that. Yeah. So those were probably the high points. Um, and, and God bless Henry. Like, even if the weather was crappy and there was a chance of, like, maybe seeing a few ducks, he was like, I'm going, Dad. I'm down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he w- he's not spoiled on shooting a lot of ducks, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, But there were high points, but uh, just not as many as normally. What was the high point of your season? The high point of my hunting season. Man, like, it's such a silly, small thing, but uh, I feel like it's it's changed a little bit as I've gotten older. You know, when I was in college, I would just hunt four or five days a week before class. And as I've started really pursuing my music career with, like, all, you know, putting all my energy towards that. And I just don't have as much time. And my mm-hmm. friends are getting married and having kids and have real jobs. Selfish. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of funny. We'll get back, but my house, I think we talked about it last time. It's, it's like a taxidermy museum. Uh-huh. It's right on the river in, uh, in Fort Worth, and, and uh, we call it the Levy House for Unwed Men. <laughs> we call it the Levy because it's right on the river, and all of us pretty much hunt, so we have our taxidermy, and then people get married, and their wives don't let them bring the taxidermy, so it just collects in our house. <laughs> so there's like eight, nine people's worth of taxidermy all over our house. I'm glad I don't have that problem with my wife. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So. But so... As my friends are like getting more busy and we just can't hunt, you know, like, I mean, it was just like a given. It was like, if you could hunt, we would. I just, and one of my buddies, I took him hunting this year. He's, you know, a contractor and has a new baby. And so it just doesn't have the time to do. And so I took him to a new public land spot that I found. Won't name the lake, but it was a, a cool spot. A lot of walking. I'll post GPS coordinates on my website yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> um. And it was just fun, you know, like a new walk-in spot, some cool little, uh, uh, you know, swampy sections, and walked in with him, and I think we shot like three teal that uh-huh. came in right at sunlight, perfect, and we shot all three, which you can't, you know, and then there's some little wood duck, like, creeks up back in the woods, and so I was like, well, we'll just go jump wood ducks, and we shot a couple wood ducks, and there was, you know, we were walking in, so he was carrying the decoy bag, which, you know, is the most cumbersome, Oh yeah. maybe they make not cumbersome ones now, but the ones I have are not wieldly uh-huh. you know and at that point you know you're walking with waders and decoy bag and i was like but hey man we're gonna walk back along this creek so like have your gun ready i was like you want to just take the decoy bag off and walk this creek and come back he's like no dude i've already got it on i'm not taking it off so this is so silly or maybe it's not silly but the highlight of my season was we're walking along the creek he's got this you know 40 decoy decoys in this bag and his gun and we're walking along the creek, and we spook up some wood ducks, and they're above the tree trop. Like, I just don't really have a shot because the way we spooked them, and he was behind me. And he just has this decoy bag on, and he's like, it's kind of on his shoulder and not really on his shoulder, and he just pulls the trigger and just drops this Drake wood duck, <laughs> just dead. Like, you know, so you know, wood ducks can be sneaky, man, if they're wounded. Like, they oh, just yeah. disappear. I don't understand it. They're Houdini. But just perfect shot with the decoy bag on, like leaning back, like falling over. Not hardly at his shoulder. And just so, and, and it was like to watch him with that joy in that moment. Like, we only shot like five ducks, uh-huh. which is great. I mean, but, uh, and that's, I think that's the only time he went to, it got to go that season. And to watch his joy in that moment of like, we got to celebrate that one like cool shot of him shooting with a, with a decoy bag on. And also exciting because uh, the wood duck will eventually make its way into your house because his wife probably won't let him have That's it. That's true. His <laughs> wife is not about the taxidermy. Um, you still think ringnecks are the best tasting duck? Are you, okay, they're you, not the have best. Have you ta- backtracked on that? Last time we were here, you you were like, "Wow, oh, ringnecks are good to eat," and I'm kind of looking okay, at you. Okay, those like, are two different statements. Okay. Are ringnecks good to eat? <laughs> yes. Are they the best tasting duck? 
Maybe not. I could make an old shoe taste good if I slow cook it long enough. That doesn't mean ringnecks are good. They're annoying to clean. I could give you, first off. I mean, we eat them, but they just go in the slow cooker. I'm not the only one to have this opinion. To me, the authority on cooking waterfall, you probably have his book over there. What's his name? Hank Shaw. Hank Shaw. He's the authority. In his book on waterfowl, he says ringnecks are his favorite duck. So I'm not the only one in this opinion. What is the, is it, is it duck, duck, goose? That might yeah, be. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I have. That's uh-huh. the one where he yeah. says it. So they eat better than mallards in North Texas. Mallards have, at least the ones we shoot, have an orange fat. You mm-hmm. don't want to eat the fat. The meat's good. You know, I've shot mallards up in Ohio that are corn fed with, that are almost pink in breast color and with a white fat. Not the ones that I shoot here in North Texas. Mm-hmm. They're eating crawfish and frogs and spiders and probably minnows and crap. Their fat's orange, you know? And the ringnecks, you watch them in a pond, they're eating uh, seeds and stuff just like pintails and teal. And so I'm sure there's places where they're nasty, maybe eating fish, but I don't think the ones... That's kind of a a misconception is that divers eat more fish than like ringnecks, redheads, canvasback. Will sometimes eat like invertebrates, but will prefer seeds and, you know grasses and stuff that we associate with good take clean so long story short i like to cook ringnecks i like to let my ducks sort of sit um on a in just breasted i mean sometimes i'll pluck them but that takes so much work i like to let them sit in the fridge on a drying rack in a in a tupperware container so the blood which i think is where a lot of the in the sub i'm not a biologist but i mean if you take a limited ducks and you put them they'll be like an inch of it's not blood i think it's some sort of uh, I don't know, some sort of fluid that just drains out of it. Yeah, that's blood. But it makes them taste so much better. They're more. It's basically like a fusion of dry, wet aging, some right. sort of aging. And just salt, pepper, seared, medium rare, sliced like a filet mignon. I'm telling you, they're delicious. Yeah. I mean, they're great slow cook, too. I love cook, putting them in gumbo or I make like duck bones. See, I, I can stomach that. Um, it's just been when I've tried to feed it to other people. They're like, Whoa, what is this? I'm like, oh, that's a delicious ring neck. Well, it has, so it has a strong you, taste. And this, I'm borrowing from Hank, so I'm mm. not like coming up with this. To me, there's, there's, there's ducks that taste fishy. No, there's no doubt. And that's a hard sell, not just for me, the fishy ducks, but when you're trying to cook it for people who, especially if they don't eat wild game, hey, you come over to the Cowboy game this weekend, and I'm going to cook you some fishy-tasting waterfowl. Uh, hard pass for a lot of people. We are going to take a quick break, come back and talk waterfowl liver, marinades, and a whole lot more. Plus, here's some brand spanking new tunes with Alex Bubba Bellin on STI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. That segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. If you're ready to make that dream a reality, head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back on STI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. All by yourself. Brown hair, blue eyes, sundress, cowboy boots, you know she wants to dance, get up and take a chance, she's right there waiting on you to do what cowboys do. Our night vision and thermal imaging has been helping hunters light up the night for over a decade now. I've been with them for quite some time, back in the early days. Thermal optics were pretty expensive. You might not realize it, though. The average guy can get into a thermal rifle scope these days very affordably. I've got the Thermion XP50. Absolutely love that scope. It's got a diverse color palette, lots of options to choose from, whether you want white hot, uh, black hot, red hot, you name it. 
There's tons of options, literally. It's got internal recording as well, and it's got internal and external battery options. So you can hunt all night without having to worry about running out of batteries. You can find the Thermion XP50 as well as their entire lineup of thermal and night vision optics right there at PulsarNV.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled, and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here. We're still visiting with Alex Bellin. About to hear some brand new tunes. Maybe try to eat a hood of mergansers. I don't know. Uh, lots to get into. But before we do that, this segment is brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. If you haven't seen the Big Chingon, you need to get one for this upcoming whitetail season, especially if you're trying to introduce youngsters into the outdoors. By and large, they don't want to be wet. They don't want to be cold, right? They want to be comfortable. Keep them high and dry. I mean, that's the name of the game, right? Keep them comfortable, and you keep them coming back. The Big Chingon, I mean, I can fit my family of five in there, plus the dog if I want to. It's got carpet. It's got cup holders. It's got a 12-foot platform. You can also get an 8-foot if you prefer. It's the Big Chingon, and you can find it as well as its little buddy, the Little Chingon, right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. With that being said, uh, Alex, thanks for sticking around. Let's go ahead and get right back into it, man. You've already told us you think ringnecks are just fine eating waterfowl. A lot of folks would disagree with you there, but what about... Have you ever tried to eat a merganser? I haven't, man. I haven't. So that one that I have mounted right there is the—that's the last merganser I'm, I'm ever shooting. I've shot a few. We're like, oh, let's try to eat these, dude. Mm-mm. Nope, that tastes like a fish. So I take people's. Word I got on my that. one mounted. If someone else wants to shoot them, fine. I'm I'm out. I, it's funny how that, like you know, I feel like predator fish tastes really good, like tuna, mm-hmm. walleye, bass. I mean, bass or whatever. You know, even trout. Like the pre, you know, whether you're in the ocean or the you know. All predatory fish, yeah. But predatory birds, not the best to eat. Right, right. Yeah. But I love to... So he says that ringnecks have like a really strong umami flavor. So they, they do have a strong taste, but it's a meaty. And I noticed that. Like it's a very, almost like a Worcestershire... Uh, what's that kind of mushroom? The layman just calls it liver taste. Yeah, I mean... Uh, any duck, if, any duck, I feel like if you overcook it, has a liver taste. Which I also like to eat liver, so maybe that's part of it. Do you ever mm-hmm. eat wa- waterfowl liver? Uh, waterfowl liver, I'm, I'm not sure if I. I mean, I eat the hearts. Um, hearts are great. Yeah, you can. yeah. I, I think I saved some goose livers this last season, but we. I certainly eat turkey liver, deer turkey, liver. Yeah, I love. I mean, I turkey really, liver is my favorite. I got re- turkey liver is great. Yeah. I just right when I shoot one, I'll just. That you know, come home, clean it, sear the a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like foie gras. But I will say, I got really into liver this year. Like buying chicken livers and beef livers is kind of like the healthiest. 
because I was telling you I had COVID and so I had this like long-term fatigue and I was researching and apparently offal organs and livers are super high in nutrients. Oh, they are for sure. That help with fatigue. Um, and I always kind of liked them. I've always liked trying weird foods. And so I was like, I'm going to try. And I like to cook. So I started. And the cool thing is they're cheap as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, like I go to this grass-fed meat market, organic meats, but, and the chicken livers and beef and lamb livers, are they're almost free because people right. don't want Not them. a high demand for that stuff and, in and modern you, society, which like 50 years ago, people like which, my mom tells me like Tuesday nights was liver and onion which night. Which is a reason for it. It's, it's, it's nature's superfood. It's super high in... <laughs> In B12 and all these magnesium and zinc and all these things that in plants are in trace amounts and liver and heart is in huge amounts. And you have to cook them. The, I feel like the window to cook them right is small. Mm-hmm. Like a steak, if you overcook it, it's not as good, but it's not bad. Oh. If you overcook liver, it's bad. Terrible. Like yeah. you have a small window to do it right. Mm-hmm. But I shot some geese this year and I was like, man, these livers are going to be. And I've had like, you know, farmed goose liver. And t- turkey liver, I, sh- I eat them right out of the, you know, and it's great. Deer liver, I've even sliced them raw like the, you know, like the mountain men just to try it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a mental thing, but I'm like, this is natural. You know, I only have a few slices, but but I took these these uh, Canada geese livers and they were big and they were dark red. I was like, but I've, I've cooked liver. I cook a lot of chicken liver. I was like, this will be good. They looked a little different, you know, seasoned them, salt and pepper, pan seared them. Dude, they were the nastiest things I've they were? ever eaten. They tasted like metal. Huh. I don't know if it's because we should, they're like, you know, resident Canada geese that are eating like. How much golf course pesticides they High a golf course. It just tasted like fertilizer. metal. Yeah. I like, because my roommates there, they think I'm, they don't, they think I don't like chicken livers. They think I'm just doing it to be weird. So they're there as we, we went on a hunt together and I'm sitting there eating them and I'm just like, they're watching my face. They're like, how's that liver? I'm like, it's. Good for me. Good for me. And I couldn't even stump, man. So I think maybe sometimes you, with certain wild game liver, you want to soak it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big believer. Like, I don't like to soak duck breast, but I feel like maybe it would. I don't know, man. I I was really looking forward to it. I was like, these are going to be so good. And I, I think they were. I think it, it maybe was just those, but they were nasty. I think that's the thing, like, that you get away from. The more time you put in the kitchen, the less time you have to to marinate something like I don't I really don't ever marinate much anymore like overnight or anything you know it's like it's I I feel like I'm good enough in the kitchen to where I don't have to do those things I can make the flavor profile what I want by how I'm preparing I feel like especially with ball game you miss a lot when you marinate like I wanted to be a chef for a while I was like a sous chef and Mm -hmm. I realized if I was going to have a career where I became like addicted to drugs and worked 80 hours a week, I'd rather be a musician than a chef. <laughs> You'd rather be a musician than Anthony Bourdain. Uh, yeah. I love I love Anthony Bourdain, man. I, that's one of the reasons I... But I worked, you know, I straight up worked as a sous chef. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, I, in college during... I was like, I want to see if I want to do this. Maybe I want to drop out of school and go to... And I was like, man, you can cook for fun. It's always fun to cook for people, yeah. for your family, for your friends, for yourself. Um, it's a tough lifestyle and a tough job as a, as a career. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When you marinate something... To me, the, the best part of a piece of meat really is the crust, whether that's a steak, a liver, a, wild, a venison tenderloin, a duck breast, anything that you cook on a grill or in a pan, the best part is the crust, you know, the Meyer reaction. The, and so when you marinate something, you just make it soggy. You basically just make it impossible to get a crust. Well, red meat just doesn't need a marinade. Like, it just doesn't. Like, you know, you put a little, your favorite, whatever. I like to use dry rubs. Yeah, I prefer, much steaks. prefer dry rubs. Yeah. Put that on there and 
whether you're on the grill, cast iron skillet, whatever, you just lock that flavor in. Because you get flavor and you can make that crust. Mm-hmm. But when you soak it in Italian dressing, it tastes like Italian dressing and it's like pale and like gray. And well, It's the same thing with like bleeding your meat, which I've talked about with Hank Shaw when he's yeah. been on the show. It's like this Texas thing that we do here, like where people put their deer or their hog in an ice chest mm-hmm. and they bleed the water. They 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 let the ice melt the water and then they drain it and they put more ice on it. And they mm-hmm. do this sometimes for like a week. Mm-hmm. Well, you've taken that nice, beautiful, robust mm-hmm. piece of red meat and you've turned it into the pink mushy thing that yeah. like, who wants to eat that? That's not, that's not what it's supposed to look like or taste like for sure. Or have the texture changes. I mean, it's all, it just ruins it. Yeah. So y'all don't do that if you're doing it. Uh, I, I did it the first year I shot. I was like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. No. I've always wanted to try like dry aging deer. You really can't do it in Texas. Mm-hmm. But where I grew up in Ohio, I never did it. But you'd actually have the means to because your garage is going to stay a lot of times in the 40s, right. you know, just because of the heat and the. And so you could theoretically hang a deer and dry age it and actually, you know, do the real thing where the enzymes actually, you know, concentrate the flavor and break the meat down in a good way. Right. I've never really met anyone who's done that with deer. I know it's like a we can wet age thing. here in Texas. That's mm-hmm. about like like kind of like what you're doing with but, your yeah. ducks. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think meat tastes so much better when it's relax. Like, if you shoot ducks and eat them that day, they're like tough. Mm-hmm. Even deer. If you take a deer tenderloin out and you eat it that day that you shoot it, like it's edible and it's not. It's just the texture is very. But it's way better after a few days. But you let it sit for a couple of days, and it's like the fibers relax. And but by sit, I don't mean put it in an ice chest and, no. and wet in just ice Mm-mm. water Mm-mm. And, bl- and let all the meat, uh, all the the blood, bleed out. That's, yeah, uh, that's not the, the right way to do it. Unless you don't like the flavor, maybe people do it because they don't like the flavor of wild game. Like, oh, I want this to taste more like something I bought There's at the a, store. I think a lot of that has to do with cooking. I, I mean, especially with, even with hogs too, like. My roommate's been getting really into cooking wild hog. And I'm telling you, it's some of the best. I've tried it all. It's some of the best wild game I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Wild hog shoulders and wild hog. He takes his, this dry rub that's called grub rub. I think it's cheap. You get it. It's got like a pineapple extract that has an enzyme that helps tenderize meat. Puts it on. Let's it dry brine for 72 hours. Puts it on a pellet smoker. Simple, you know, just like you smoke mm-hmm. anything. And it's like, it's delicious. It's tender. It's lean. It kind of feels like you know, pulled pork, but it's much leaner. Mm-hmm. It can sometimes get a little jerky, a little dry, but he's got it down to science. And honestly, we like doing it with bigger hogs because they have more connective tissue and more fat. And yeah. the things that people, and I've got no problem with shooting them and let them sit. I mean, they're an invasive pest. Right. Like, shoot a thousand, but I think they're tasty. So I always try to keep one in the freezer, yeah. but I shoot way more than I could ever Which eat is, in a year. You know, yeah. I probably shoot 30, 40, 50 hogs uh-huh. in a year. Like, Every time I go to the deer lease, I shoot at least two or three hogs. Every time. I, I just think it's phenomenal <clears throat> meat. And I've, I've, I've wanted to experiment with making like a bone broth out of them. Or, uh, I made a turkey bone broth last year with a couple turkeys I shot, and it turned out amazing. Mm-hmm. Just made little packages of bone broth and put them in the freezer. And Turkey stock's good stuff. Turkey yeah. stock. I've always, I wanted to try it with deer. I, told, I didn't shoot a deer this year, but I told my roommate, I was like, keep the bones. And that's a more that's more of a process. If you're gonna make stock out of big bones, like you gotta soak them or you know bake them. But the turkey carcass is easier. You know, you just yeah. throw it in a pot. Absolutely. Well, let's do this. Let's um. Why don't we take a listen to uh, some new tune? Awesome. This song is uh, it's called Steel Guitar. I play pedal steel guitar and also write songs. And uh, wrote this one a while back, sort of about 
just kind of a narrative of somebody walking into a bar and listening to some old country music. So this is my current single. So if you uh, look up Bubba Bellin on Spotify, Instagram, Apple Music, you can listen to it. I play uh, pedal steel on it too. So here we go. Watching as the band warms up in my favorite country bar. Eyes drift to the corner. I see a pedal steel guitar. I came here to numb my head, forget the memories that hurt. But in the wailing notes of sadness, my heart swells and bursts. Steel guitar, cry the notes. That I can't find tonight And go and tell the world how my heart breaks And paint with all the shades of blue I always try to hide And cry the notes that I can't find tonight From a smoking light it up, let it clear away my mind. She ride along to a Whitley song in a half-step shuffle town. Most are here to dance and drink and love the night away. I let the music do the talking. With the words that I can't say Steel guitar, cry the notes That I can't find tonight And go and tell the world how my heart breaks And paint with all the shades of blue I always tried and cry the notes that I can't find tonight. so do the kiddos they've congregated outside of the studio here so <laughs> you got a fan club here alex thanks man thanks kids <laughs> well 
might have to modulate my next song if there's kids listening. I was gonna. Sweet, just keep going. Yeah. Cool. Can I play one that's a little bit? All right, I just don't want to worry about the language. All right. <laughs> Here's one I just wrote. I was in Nashville about a month ago. And uh, I was in this bar called The Local. It was my first trip to Nashville. It was awesome. The uh, just songwriting with people and super cool the way they write songs. They're just they're so. It's such a people are so passionate about writing songs. Um, and I was in this bar and we were talking. He's like, "You're from Texas, man." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm not allowed to leave Texas, but we were in Nashville." He's like, "But here I am." I was like, "That's a good line." So I don't know what the reason he couldn't leave Texas was, but I made one up. This song's out. This song's called "I Ain't Allowed to Leave Texas." I ain't allowed to leave Texas Brother, here I am Crossing over into Louisiana Getting my bands on a Chevy van I got my baby in Georgia She's with a brand new man I ain't allowed to leave Texas Brother, here I am Miles I've traveled down, choices I've been making wouldn't make my mama proud. Laying bass in a honky tonks and selling quarter pounds. Just trying to make an honest wage, the best way I know how. I ain't allowed to leave Texas, brother. Here I am, crossing over into Mississippi. Borrowed Chevy van I got my baby in Georgia She's with a brand new man I ain't allowed to leave Texas Oh, but here I am Baby's been running round with a lawyer from Atlanta, the biggest shot in town. And I bet he's got a lake house, and she picked out the decor. But he'll be pissing in his khakis when I show up at his door. I ain't allowed to leave Texas, brother, here I am. Crossing over out of Alabama. In a stolen Chevy van I got my baby in Georgia She's with a brand new man I ain't allowed to leave Texas Brother, here I am Love it, brother. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll keep the tunes rolling. Talk a little more hunting and fishing. That segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the Patriot lineup, offering everything from a uh, 22250 in both synthetic and beautiful walnut stocks, all the way up to a 375 Ruger and everything in between. It's the working man's rifle. It's a 
hard-working rifle. It's not going to break the bank. It's the Mossberg Patriot, and you can find the entire Patriot lineup at Mossberg.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions, I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a hunter green enforcer kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will, too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. I need to go somewhere I've been to find a place I lost the trail. Way back then, so long ago, I don't suppose you even know you got to me. There's our very own James McMurtry bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms, Cable Smith riding shotgun with you. Thanks for dropping by today as we've still got Alex Bellin here in studio about to uh, resume that conversation. But first, some big news. I've partnered up with On X Hunt. It's a service that I think is vitally important for navigating both public and private land. Uh, say you're, you've been turned loose on a turkey property and you don't know where the fence lines are. Maybe it's a big place. I mean, this has happened to me many times. Pull up on X, boom, okay? That's my property line. Um, and then obviously navigating public land. It's an incredible scouting tool. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, having drawn a, an archery elk tag in New Mexico this fall, It's one that I'll be relying heavily on as that hunt approaches. Here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% off your Onyx Hunt subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out on their website. That's on their website. Don't uh, try to do it through the app. LONESTAR20, save you some bucks there when you sign up with Onyx Hunt. Um, All right. Let's pick it back up here with Alex Bubba Bellin, our good buddy, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. Thanks, man. So we talked a little bit about cooking, which I always like talking cooking, especially with someone passionate um, like you are. What would you say is your favorite wild game to eat? Favorite wild game to eat? Don't say ring necks because everyone knows you'd be lying. If I'm being like like bite of meat, uh-huh. 
is a well done wild hog shoulder. Okay. Dry brined, smoked. I think the whole process that I enjoy the most is ducks, mm-hmm. and they'd probably be pintails, like, or canvas. I mean, I, I love ducks and seared medium rare is like one of my favorite things. You, you almost said canvas back there. And did you know, so like in the 19, early 1900s, when we were trying to systematically like market hunt waterfowl to extinction yeah, yeah, yeah. with punt guns, if you go to like, um, Look at a a menu from yeah, King the back, most Waldorf thing. Astoria restaurant in New York City. Canvasback was more than filet mignon. Yeah, more than it was like the lobster of the day. It was like yeah. the elite. Absurd. Have you ever cooked it the way they did back then? Uh, yeah, it was so, like the one way they did it with the spoon bread and the. I have a Ducks Unlimited uh, cookbook that I've I've done canvasback a couple ways out of that. I mean, I get it. It's good stuff. There's like apparently there was a way that you served it like then, mm-hmm. then it was with a. Like a spoon bread and something, and then like a, a black currant sauce. Yeah. It's delicious. There's one recipe in there. It's like a sweet potato mm. uh, recipe with canvas back. Oh, it's good. Um, okay, so, but you said favorite is wild hog. Um, what, um, I, don't, I don't know if you got to go turkey hunting this year. I went once. I okay. went opening day. Uh, didn't hear any gobbles. Yeah. What's, so what's been getting you outdoors this spring? You do do you do much fishing? Man, I did. I I used to fish a lot, mm-hmm. um, and then we went out to Colorado for one of my buddy's bachelor parties, and uh, they're really into fly fishing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize how much of a, a ordeal it is. Like it was like we we're getting ready to go skiing, like putting on the waders and the boots and the flies and the tippet. I don't even know what all this stuff is in the leaders. I just was borrowing a spinning rod with a little spinner on it. Uh-huh. And they're all out there in the middle of the river casting, look, looking like a river runs through it. Oh, I love it, but it's hard. Dude. And they're not catching shit. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting on the side of the, of the river with a beer in my hand and uh, a CBD joint. Hanging from my lips, <laughs> casting out. There this. was a quotation mark there. For you. Uh, of course, it's federally illegal, so I would never break any federal law. But laws. you were in Colorado. So. I was in Colorado, yeah. but you can you can fill in the gaps. And I'm uh, <laughs> tossing this spinner out there, and you know the churning, and I'm just cranking in fat, fat rainbows. And my my roommates who are like, and my friends who are like big into fly fishing are out there, just you know, I don't dry midges, and this sounds like some like you know some stripper names to me, these flies that they're using, but, and they're not catching like maybe one fish and I'm out there just like plunking this slaying them spinning. And I'm like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> so it's kind of reignited my uh, passion for fishing. So uh, I haven't really been out since this was only a few weeks ago, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get back into it. And Well, I feel your buddy's pain because there's been times <laughs> where I've gone fly fishing and like, it's taken me a whole day to catch one fish and like selfish stuff. Like we're on family vacation and I'm like, hey, honey, I'm going to go fly fishing for a little bit. And I leave at like 7 a.m. and I show back up at 6 p.m. She's like, huh, you're going fly fishing for a little bit. I was like, oh, it just took me all day to catch a fish, you know, because you like hunting for fish more. And there are times when it's been uh, on fire, but not like. And I get it. Like people love fly fishing and it's beautiful. And if you know? you're good at it, it's awesome, which I'm a, I'm a mediocre. Like It's hard for me being someone who I love to hunt. Mm. Um. And I love the process. I love the pursuit. But I really love to eat the meat. Like, that's a critical part of it for me. That's like, not what fly fishing's all about. <laughs> and so, like, I, I, I love the spectacle of Catch the Catch and release, I not love, release the grease. I love the chase. 
But at the end of the day, if I couldn't eat them, I don't think I'd be waking up at three in the morning right. and going out in the middle of a cold swamp, you know? Uh-huh. And it's me. And to me, it's the same with fly fishing. It's like, I understand why you're catching and releasing, but it's a tasty, delicious, healthy trout that you just chased for hours and you're going to let it back. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I like to catch and release. I, I don't it's know. It's certainly just, an interesting. With this big gaping hole in its mouth, just for fun. I'm like. For funsies, I'm like right. Yeah, it's. I mean, I get it. it. It triggers that part of your brain of a of a of a. It, well, it goes against human nature. Is what it does. Like we're we're meant to catch and kill and eat food. Yeah, and, and I, I wouldn't want to. You know, ruin, I know trout are really uh, sensitive to things, and you know, I'm not trying to like over. Are you them. saying that trout are like leftists, or what are you saying there? They're overly sensitive. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've met some conservatives who are pretty sensitive too. <laughs> but, uh, uh, what what would you say is your bucket list hunt? Bucket list hunt. You know, I have some weird bucket list hunts. Like it probably be, it would be hard for it to not to be a waterfowl hunt. Uh-huh. I've always wanted, this is so weird, and it's, I've always wanted to go hunt geese in Scotland. Really? And like tour still. I love scotch, mm-hmm. and uh, they have pink-footed geese and ducks. I mean, it's not like a destination for waterfowl. They call it wildfowling, but it's a very, you know, it's just kind of a cool culture, and I don't know why it just seemed like, it'd be like a whole trip. I've always wanted to go to Scotland and tour the distilleries, go to the highlands and mm. hunt for geese, and maybe hunt for stag too. Yeah. Um, New That'd be cool. New Zealand. You're that's you're the first person that's ever said that. Really? For, for you know, that the answer to that question. Go to Scotland for geese and maybe stag. But it does sound fun. Yeah. I think I've always wanted to go to Argentina. I feel like most of the places I'd want to travel to, it's like the hunting and the the culture, the food. I love I mean I love mm-hmm. food. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I have I put a deposit down for an Argentina dove slash duck hunt. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit and so we have the whole thing got canceled, so we have to Just have your deposit, that. though? Yeah, I mean, they were cool about it. Um, It'll go sometime. We're just like, we're going to have to go later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What about you? What's yours? Uh, well, point? I've knocked a few of them off. I got a shot at Cape Buffalo in February. Uh, but it's kind of a coin flip between if, if I could hunt anything. Like, money is the limiting factor. Yeah. Uh, leopard or in, any of the North American sheep species. Yeah. But getting a tag for those is damn near impossible. You could put in for 30 years and still, it, by the time I draw, which I should have started putting in when I was like 10 or 11, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these guys finally draw and then like, how many hip and knee replacements have you had and can you really physically do it? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can just pay your 50 grand and just go do it. But you can? I mean, you can buy a landowner tag for all, or you can go to Alaska or the Yukon to hunt stone sheep, doll sheep. Um, but, you know, again, Anywhere between thirty and fifty grand for a sheep is it's like it's not it's not my reality. I know, you know, kudos I, to everyone who's who whose it is, but um, brown bear uh, would be something else would be up yeah. there. Which black bear's up there. I really want to shoot a black bear is an affordable hunt. Yeah, it like, is. I want to do a black bear with a bow, man. I've mm-hmm. I shot one in New Mexico with a bow. Was with it hounds. a cimarron, a brown phase? No, no, it was a, it was just a black black bear. Yeah. So. I, I just want to like, I want to eat the meat too. I know they're not like. Oh, the meat's fine. I want to. I want to make this like. I just want to eat the meat. One of my buddies. I used to work at a, a young life camp for a summer in Virginia. Uh-huh. I was a horse wrangler, and the guy who shoot our horses, uh, super wild cowboy dude, uh, farrier, 
And he was a big bear hunter. And he would, uh, with dogs, you know, it's a big thing up in Appalachia. And he would, like, uh, render the bear fat mm-hmm. and use it as, like, saddle conditioner and oh, all yeah. this leather. Yeah. He'd have these jars of bear fat. That's cool. It was wild. He's like, I don't really eat with it. You wouldn't cook it. I think if you rendered it properly, you probably could eat with it. He just did it, like, kind of industrial-wise, like, to treat leather. Uh-huh. And he was a cowboy, so that was useful. Yeah. But, uh. That's awesome. Nothing goes to waste. I like it. Um, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, well, actually, I want to tell you my, so like bucket list waterfowl hunt would mm-hmm. not be to Scotland. It would be to Chesapeake Bay. Oh, yeah. For like, try to get old squaw, canvas backs, yeah. um, maybe scoters. You know, you know where you can do that. So I grew up in Ohio. They have a, Good amount of sea ducks on Lake Erie. I don't know if you can get eiders there. I know you can get scoters. You can get scoters, and you can definitely get old squaw. Yeah, lots yeah. of old squaw. That would be, and but but also not not just for the hunting, but you know, Culture, there's so many uh, waterfowl like decoy carving museums and, and crab cakes and, and fresh yeah, seafood. That'd be cool. So yeah, that's the one that I'm like, I gotta do that sometimes. I read. I, I remember seeing that you went on that Cape Buffalo hunt, and I read a an article on the plane about. It was one of the Field and Stream magazines that was like all stories, which mm-hmm. I really love. Those are my favorite. As like a song, I wrote a song about one of the. Uh, man, I should have played it today. Um, I don't even remember the lyrics though. <laughs> um, about a, a short story that was in there, but there was a short story about this this guy hunting Cape Buffalo. Mm-hmm. What do they call them? Dagas. Dagger boys. Dagger yeah. boys. What a what a wild hunt. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to South Africa. I'm gonna do it again with a bow. Not this year, but in the future. Cool. And you we got to go like in the middle of. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, it was awesome. And the in the airport, they were like, "Man, you're the first Americans we've seen in a year, essentially." Because we went in late February, and every the world lost its mind in what mid March last year. So they mm-hmm. literally like, "Yeah, it's been like a year." So they were happy to have us. There's no doubt about that. Have you been to South Africa a lot? That was my fourth trip. You ever gone to a rugby game while you were there? No. PHs and staff there are all obsessed with rugby. I'm like, y'all should be watching soccer, like American football, you know. But now they're South Africa. It's no, all, I, lo- I played rugby it's in rugby. high school and in college. I love rugby. Yeah, That's one of the reasons I – I think it's such a cool sport. Yeah. I'm not anti-rugby. I'm just, you know, it's not what I grew up watching. But um, Those guys are tough, man, those South Africans. I played against them with some South Africans. Dude, man, their forearms are so- – they're the – the boar forearms are just like from <laughs> working on ranches. They're just tough, yeah, tough people. Oh, there's no doubt. And I've actually hunted, not my PH, but one of the guys at John X is a former rugby player, and he's a rancher. Uh, sheep ranching is huge there on South Africa's Eastern Cape. And Lowy, Lowy's his name. And I tell you what, he's like country strong, you know, like good old boy strong, like you're talking about. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap things up with some more music, among other things. Sound like a plan? Cool. Perfect. That segment brought to you by StealthCam and the Fusion X. It's the latest innovation from StealthCam's wireless lineup. You can find the Fusion as well as their entire lineup of trail cameras right there at StealthCamp.com. We'll be right back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Dancing, Luke. 
Whether you're headed to the lake for crappie, the coast for redfish, or trying to put your tag on that big gobbler this spring, don't let your truck tank your next trip. Third Coast Diesels does it all. From maintenance to repairs to full diesel rebuilds, any accessory on any truck, doesn't matter. They also do lifts, wheels, tires, hell, you name it. Third Coast Diesel does it. Call David Boone at 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call Chad at 830-776-3605. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. We've all done things we wish we never did God knows we will a thousand times again But we are a blade that is made strong by fire Every hill has been hurt Every honest man has lied Little Sean McConnell bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Berg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. We've still got Alex Bubba Bellin here in studio with his guitar. We're going to hear a couple more tunes momentarily. This segment of the presentation brought to you by First Light and the Obsidian Foundry pant brand spanking new. Uh, you can find it at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. All right, Alex, still got the guitar in your lap there and you're chomping at the bit, it looks like, to do a little more picking. So knock yourself out, man. I'll play another one I wrote. This one is a uh, kind of a sad song. I didn't really intention, didn't really uh, sit down with the intention of writing a super sad song, but I really like old sad country songs. And uh, I didn't really get, I don't know, I just wrote it thinking about, it's called Waltz Me Home. Thinking about, I was playing at this bar in East Dallas in the hood. Um, it's called the Neon Cowboy, and it's like an old catfish. It's just fried catfish and you know, country music. And I'm pretty sure somebody got shot there, like in 2004. Huh. Every good honky tonk at least has the, like the option that someone might get stabbed or shot. Yeah, Billy Joe Shaver actually shot my friend's dad outside of a bar in Waco, Texas. Oh, that was your friend's dad. Yeah, I mean, luckily he lived, but he shot him. I know he shot him. Well, have you ever watched the show Tales from the Tour Bus? Uh-oh. Billy Joe Shaver, I shouldn't be saying this with your kids right there, but he was like being interviewed by it. He's like, yeah, I pulled out my little Derringer. I shot him right between the mother and the f- <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. That's a, that's a quote from no, the man himself. Still, yeah. And he got off, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. I don't know if it's awesome. I mean, it is awesome. It's great. He's the one who really hit me the most this year. I don't know. There's so, so many people who passed away, but for whatever reason, Billy Joe Shaver really... 
I like could only listen to him for like a week. Hmm. He's there's something about his music. Have you ever read his book? Uh-uh. Dude, he's so funny, man. I read his autobiography. He was getting a. Uh, he was having a surgery on his voice like maybe five or six years ago. And it was like right, right as they like were about to do it, they realized it was a bit more serious and they had to go a little farther and they're going to be like millimeters from his vocal cords, which as a singer is like catastrophic, you know? Yeah. They're like, Billy Joe, so there's like a, maybe like a slim chance, but a little more than we thought that we might hit your vocal cords and it'll like lower your voice like a whole octave. And he goes, that's all right, I'll just sing the blues. <laughs> I couldn't care at all. The man just was so carefree and loved life, and, which I think is hysterical. But um, yeah, maybe it was all the country singers who passed away this year, and I don't know what happened. So I was at this bar, and uh, this old dude was dancing. He had to be 80. And this was back in like kind of before th- when things were still pretty hot with COVID. And I was like, man, he just does not care. Like, he's going to, he'll dance till, his, till he's in his grave. And so I just came that next day in the morning, had a cup of coffee, and wrote this song. It's called Waltz Me Home. smells like dying in this little room I guess no one's coming I guess it's my due Tired of living through this little machine Tired of fighting an end I can't see The nurse you're the only one I can ask Could you unhook me? Would you be my last dance? Waltz me to heaven Sing me back home It's Saturday night And I feel so alone Play me a shuffle That rings in my bones Waltz me to heaven, sing me back home. When I was a young man, I traveled around, playing honky-tonk taverns in cities and towns. Never cared much for family, my friends are all gone. But I'd sure be happy to hear a bucko in song. Going crazy, or is there smoke in the air? The cry of the fiddle and the crack of the snare. Waltz me to heaven, sing me back home. It's Saturday night, and I feel so alone. Play me a shuffle. heaven sing me back home Waltz me to heaven, sing 
heaven Sing me back home Oh, who doesn't like a good waltz? A sad song there. Love it, buddy. Thanks, man. Yeah. Want to do one more? Let's do it. Here's a song I just wrote. It's called Western Swingers. I'm trying to get Ray Benson to cut it, so if any of y'all know Ray Benson the Sleep of the Wheel, shoot him a message for me. Just head on west from forward, you don't have to go too far. Just exit off the highway, brother, you'll know where you are. Doctors, lawyers, boy, you'll be learning things that'll blow your mind. Find yourself a pretty young thing headed up for 199. Well, they're the Western swingers, if you catch my drift. Well, no girl trains them roping horses, she'll tie you down real quick. So throw your keys in the cowboy hat if you think you can hang with the Parker County Posse. That plays in wild again. Oh. I was playing in a tavern somewhere west of Abilene when a couple came up to me. They said we liked the way you sang. I had no place for to lay my head, and they said we'll put you up. Just about when they shut the gates, when the realization struck. Well, they were Western swingers, big Bob Wills fans. Well, they queued up that old faded love, and she grabbed me by the hand. I guess that old boy was feeling tired, but the heifer in her prime. So they lured them in a young buck to relieve her anxious mind. They're the western swingers If you catch my drift I know an old girl trains them cow horses And she'll rein you in real quick All I'll say is, boy, run away When she breaks out the snaffle bit Cause I tell you, boy, you'll be saddled So when she decides it's time to quit I tell you, boy, you'll be saddled So when she decides it's time to quit I hope that that's not a work of fiction, but uh, <laughs> a new one there from Bubba Bellwin. Yeah, it's a new one. Yeah, Bubba Bellwin. Look me up on Spotify, and uh, I call it Texas Functory, so it's kind of like old school Merle Haggard and Marvin Gaye had a musical baby. Love it. Looking or, forward or Bubba, to uh, whatever you want. Alex. Okay. Well, I've always just called him Alex, but you could find him Bubba Bellwin uh, anywhere that you stream music. What's the website? BubbaBellin.com. Okay. Or any, you know, Bubba Bellin Instagram, MySpace. I'm going to have to trade in my Alex Bellin shirt for a Bubba Bellin shirt. I know. I, I should have probably <laughs> one. Dang it. I forgot. Um, what's, uh, let me ask you this as, as we're wrapping things up. What's on your playlist? I've been listening to the new Charlie Crockett record a little bit. I was just about to say Charlie Crockett, man. The 10 for Slim. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I just got the Get vinyl in the mail the other day. Lesson in depression. Dude, that. Have you, have you gotten into James Hand, the guy who wrote all those songs? No. No. So He's Slim. Slim. Right. I don't know. So I don't know if you know the story of that record. He passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's, there's actually a movie 
about him there. He plays mm-hmm. himself, and it's okay. He does an incredible job. And he's just, man, there's just some, like, his songwriting and his... If you listen, he's got some great records, too. And uh, the liner notes to that record, it's just, it's, it's beautiful and sad. Like, that dude was scheduled to go on tour with Charlie um, in this past summer, obviously, in the middle of COVID, mm-hmm. and open up for him in these big, big venues. And the dude, James, is, you know, a brilliant, like, celebrated. Willie Nelson called him the real deal, but just never had you know, commercial success for a multitude of reasons. And this was like kind of going to be his like break in, in his sixties. And then COVID happened and he passed away. And so it's really cool that that would, that I think that record do, does him just, I mean, the last song Slim's Lament, I don't know if you know this, he wrote that song like a week before he died really, and sent a phone demo of it to Charlie. Huh. Like that song was written basically on his deathbed. And then Charlie to cut, to cut those out. I think it was such a cool tribute. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you. I think I'm I'm digging that. Uh, what else? Um, the wife and I went and saw a Flatland Calvary show last weekend. They've cool. got a, they're going to have a new record coming Where'd out. Where did they play? Uh, Choctaw. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was like, dude. I never felt. You know, I had COVID too in December, but I never felt like safer being around. Mostly college age age kids were in like the standing like the pit area yeah yeah, yeah. older people were all like sitting in the you know the stadium seating mm-hmm. i was like we're too young to be in the stadium seating but we're too old to really be here so we kind of like just hung out right behind the college kids <laughs> i was like sounds like a country song i was like there there's no way that every one of these kids has not had covid already they've got herd immunity they're all making out passing the what are the e-cig things the vape <laughs> vapes you know like jewels i got i got covid <clears throat> in lubbock so yeah. I got the college strain. Right. Maybe that's why it was so. They're rough all immune on me. to it now, you know, and they don't need to get vaccinated because they've all had. Like, I was like, I told my wife, I was like, we are pretty safe around these kids. They, have, every one of them, has had COVID for yeah, sure. Totally. Uh, they didn't. They still did spring break. They quit. You know, they didn't quit living their lives, and they didn't need to. And I don't blame them. But yeah, yeah. I, love, I love. I like Flatlands new music, man. I've been really. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Charlie Crockett. Uh, also, been listening to like I think pop music's getting a lot better. Like Harry Styles and Dua Lipa, it's very funky. I think mm. a lot of what's kind of you lost me. I don't know any of that stuff, uh, uh, but I I'll, mean, you I'll may t- not love it, but it's it's like real music. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it, I feel like mainstream music has kind of gone away from. Uh, even I'm digging a lot of Nashville country too now. Like uh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, but that's all right. <laughs> I mean, just listen to it, man. I'm kind of the same way. I was listening to a. Uh, a, a top 40 countdown on Sirius XM. I was playing pedal steel with a band, opening up for Mike and the Moon Pies and Luke and Ooh, Bach. Mike and the Moon Pies. That's another great. one I listen to a lot of. And uh, I don't Lately. know, man. I'm the more the more I like listen to music, the more I write. I'm just like a good song's a good song. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's made in Nashville or Texas or pop or country or. A oh, story I'm not a racist melody. person, but I'm certainly racist towards Nashville country. Racist <laughs> towards Nashville. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> And I think maybe that's that was true for a while, but like even in the past six months, there's been a a lot of fiddle and steel guitar and better lyrics and not a fake drum machine and you kind of like with Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen, like not, that is a racist. Um, I'm talking music. <laughs> you just hear, you just hear like it's organic music with drums. I didn't even guitar. know who more. Here's how uh, uh, unattached from. Nashville, I am. Is that I didn't know who Morgan Wallen was until he got in trouble for saying the bad word. Mm-hmm. 
on his, I, someone recorded him saying that board, but yeah, that's how I knew who he was. Apparently he was a big deal. He was a big deal. He became a bigger deal, which is kind of funny how, if anything that goes to show you, I'm not making a moral judgment on any of it. I mean, you know, you shouldn't say that word and you know, whatever happens, happens. But, uh, how his sales went up after that. Mm. And it really just show you in today's day and age, like of social media and all publicity is good. So you can do the worst thing ever and your sales. And that's, I'm not saying that's the worst thing ever, but it's crazy, but you can do it. Like I, I, a lot of the things I feel like that are planned. I'm not saying that was planned, but there's a lot of things that happen that we think are like when people get in trouble. And I think it's their PR team creating a stunt. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, my friend, great stuff today. It was a treat having you in studio. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Thanks it's for making the, the trek over from Cowtown. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Right up 121. Right on. Well, y'all check it out. Bubba Bell and Music. Anywhere you can uh, stream music and BubbaBellandMusic.com. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. So there he goes. Our good buddy, Honky Tonker, Ringneck Aficionado, Bubba Bellin. <laughs> Great stuff with him today. That segment was brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. You can find their entire lineup of Big and J products at BigandJ.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thanks to Alex, our guest today, or Bubba, whatever you want to call him. I don't think he cares. Uh, thanks to you guys and gals for being a part of today's presentation. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time. I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. I've been to Georgia on a fast train, honey. I wasn't born no yesterday. Got a good Christian raising land, an eighth grade education. And I'm needing y'all to treat me this way.